0: Moving right along with our counting constructs, today's is figurative counting, and this one can be a little bit tricky and is often called the forgotten construct, so I'm going to tell you all about it in today's episode. Hello and welcome to Making Number Sense Makes Sense, a podcast for elementary teachers, specifically early elementary teachers, looking to really make an impact in the number sense of their students. We had talked about emergent counters, perceptual counters, and today's focus is Figurative counters. Now, this one can be tricky because it is very similar to perceptual counters, which is why it's usually called the forgotten construct because it's kind of in the middle and it's kind of tricky to get kids through this construct to the next one in a way that will help them in the future because we don't want to miss anything. So, kids in this stage of counting will be able to count or create or keep in their head a collection of items a relatively small collection of items that is hidden that they can't actually see but they're going to have to recreate it so if i said there are seven counters here and then i covered them they wouldn't necessarily be able to use that seven and count on they would have to recreate the seven so if i said there's seven and then three more over here they'd have to start counting from one one two three four five six seven and then add on whatever number that you said so it can seem redundant to grownups because counting on would be a more efficient strategy, but they're not quite there yet. And that's really what the focus is for a figurative counter, having them be able to keep numbers in their head and then use other numbers in relation to that number. My previous example was just one, but they can even do that with two collections. So if I said there's seven here, covered it, and there's three here, Covered it and they're both covered, they can get okay, seven and three, but they wouldn't start counting from seven or even from three. They wouldn't go seven, eight, nine, ten. They would start from one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and count that way. So, what are you looking for in this kind of counter? You're looking for them to be able to count beyond 10 to 30 or more. They will have one to one correspondence down. They can usually correct their errors or recognize their errors and self correct if asked. They understand cardinality, that the last number you said is the number that they have. They can keep track of, like I said, screened or covered collections of counters, even if they're in different arrangements. Their number writing, they have to at least 20. They're able to write bigger numbers in the number system or starting to get there. They can tell you the number after with a running start, but they might have to count up to get there. They might not be able to just tell you yet. They can count backwards from 10 or from 20, but like I said, they're having trouble keeping that in their head, like manipulating that number in their head. They'll have to recreate it and make it real with their fingers or taps or or whichever. In this stage of counting, how can you help them? You're going to want to keep working on that number sequence, especially the tricky parts. You're going to encourage centers or you want to start to use centers with them or small group instruction that really has them counting on and pushes them towards counting from one to counting on. They'll also start to recognize and understand common number relationships. So this would be decomposing numbers, like decomposing 10, the friends of 10, but also other numbers too, like know that seven is five and two, it's also four and three, but with every number so they can really start to see those relationships and really understand it. Because if they understand those 10s, then they can apply it when the numbers are bigger. So if they knew that nine and one is ten and they have an understanding of that ninety is nine tens, that the numbers will still work the same way. So nine and one is ten. So ninety plus ten is one hundred. So they'll be able to make those connections and if they have a really good grasp on the numbers to 10, they'll be able to apply it to bigger numbers. So that's something else that you're really working on in this construct. Not to say that you wouldn't work on decomposing numbers in perceptual counters in the previous construct, they kind of work together because they definitely overlap and you'll see kids kind of showing different strategies at this point and really kind of bouncing back and forth. Another thing that will help kids in this construct is number talks with number strings to support counting on strategies. You might start with what's one plus two? Three. Then you might start with what is ten plus three? Then they might start to see 10 and 3 is 13. If they know how the 10s work, start to understand how the number system works, they'll be like, oh, that's easy. 10 and 3 is 13. And then if your next question is, what is 9 plus 4? They might start to say that 9 and 10 are really close, similar to the problem that you just had. And some students might start to understand that you can take one of those numbers from the 4 away, add it to the 9 to make 10, and 10 and 3 is 13 that the answer is the same. So you're really wanting to encourage kids talking about numbers, how they relate to each other, and refining their strategies for efficient mental math and using numbers in that way in their head. So I talked about some things that you can work on, some things to keep in mind when you're working on centers, but I'm going to give you some more specific centers that you can do. One that's very popular for decomposing numbers is called Shake and Spill or toss the chips. So the way that that game works is that students have a certain number that they're working on the target number and the same number of double-sided counters. So if I'm working with the number six, I'd have six double-sided counters. And what they'll do is they'll shake it and then drop it, gently shake it gently and then drop it and figure out how many are of one color how many are of the other color and write those numbers down and since they're doing it over and over they'll start to recognize the similar patterns that three and three is six that two and four is six that one and five is six if they continue working on that number and then once they're good with that number they can move on to the next one Another game they can play that will really force them to keep numbers in their head is called Hide and Count. And this is a fun partner game. And the way that they play this game is they have their two dice and they'll, one partner will roll the dice and then give the student about three seconds to see what one of the dice is and then hide it with their hands. So hide it underneath their hands. The second player will have to then figure out, okay, if I have how many are under the my partner's hand, and how many are on this other dice, how many is it all together? So they'll have to really start counting on from the number that's hidden and add it to the other dice. So if I rolled two dice that were five and three and I covered the three, the kids would have to think about, okay, there's three under there and then count on four, five, six, seven and they can keep going with that game. I do find that sometimes with a game like that, students will be like, okay, I'm kind of done with it. So you can add a really simple game board. I'll have examples in the notes that you can see, or a recording sheet so they can write down how many they rolled, and then their partner gets a turn to hide the die, and then go back and forth until one of them finishes their game board or finishes their recording sheet. And throughout all of your learning, it's really helpful to include tasks that or rich thinking tasks that students can work on together to have more opportunities to discuss and figure out problems. So, for example, for story problems, story problems are a great low floor, high ceiling task. Um, especially for decomposing numbers because there are so many different answers and you can really modify the range to fit the needs of your students. So one story problem that you might give is that there's two soccer teams, the Red Foxes and the Green Frogs, and they played in the championship and all together, both teams scored eight goals. So then you have the question, well, how many could have been scored by the Red Foxes? How many could have been scored by the Green Frogs? And that way they can think of all the number combinations. And if you've been doing um, math centers that have a lot to do with decomposing numbers, like shake and spill, like things like how many more, snap it and hide it, and they have opportunities to practice all of these different ways to decompose numbers and think about numbers, they'll be able to pull from that knowledge and those strategies to solve this problem. As a recap, students in this stage of counting, figurative counters, are Can count collections up to 30 or more. Their number writing is coming along, their number sequence is coming along, but they're having trouble counting on and keeping numbers in their head in a way that they can easily manipulate to solve problems. For figurative counters, you're gonna wanna work on decomposing numbers and number combinations. You're going to want to keep practicing on number writing and it could be it doesn't have to be worksheets it could be you're doing this math station and part of it is recording the numbers that you're getting so that they still get that number writing practice but it's not just sitting there and copying numbers. And I say that because number writing can be something that is so tricky for the kids and it's really just need practice like for all of these counting stages to help students move on to the next stage yes you need know centers and it's helpful if they're fun and engaging so they'll want to practice but they really need time and opportunity to create these understandings of what each number means and how each number relates to each other so back to decomposing numbers again i'll have all of these listed and you can check the blog post to see pictures of all of these games as well as games that will force them or encourage i would say encourage students to count on instead of counting from one. And if they do these games enough, they'll start to see that counting from one is not an efficient strategy and kind of refine it on their own. And that's why it's so helpful also to have kids talking to each other and talking with you Because hearing different, how different kids solve different problems can really help them grow their own understanding. Math talks, number talks, and opportunities to really discuss their thinking in a problem solving situation, in a low floor, high ceiling, rich math test situation will be very helpful for students in this stage. Get ready to move to the next one. As always, make sure to follow the show. I would love it if you left a review. And I have a Google form in the notes for anything you'd like me to talk about further or any topics that you would like me to discuss in general. Until then, you'll hear me next time.